Hey, what's up everyone? Sam here, Wall Street Mastermind. I'm here today with <clears throat> another client interview for you guys. Uh, today I have Will from uh, uh, one of my clients uh, who just finished uh, summer 2021 recruiting process. And uh, really excited about this interview actually because uh, Will is an amazing uh, client and just candidate all around and he just got a phenomenal outcome and it's just really fun to work with them. And so I wanted to get him on here to talk to you guys about um, how he was able to accomplish what he accomplished. I, I just, uh, I'll just tease it a little bit up front, but um, I would say, you know, he probably got the hardest offer to get out of all the clients I've ever, that I've ever worked with. And so um, definitely quite the accomplishment. But hey, well, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, of course. Great to talk to you, Sam. Awesome, man. Well, to start off, um, if you don't mind just maybe introducing yourself a little bit so that our listeners kind of know a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure thing. So my name's Will from Los Angeles, currently studying at USC, and I'm also a junior right now. Okay, awesome. Um, so let's uh, let's go back to the beginning of your recruiting process so obviously you know you're a junior right now you just wrapped up the recruiting process but how long have you been recruiting for like take us back to the beginning when did you start thinking about uh investment banking yeah i would say uh i really started considering investment banking probably around let's say like late may early june um i was a little bit late to the process so um originally i was thinking about full-time recruitment uh, once I got a little bit more involved in the process, I kind of delayed that to summer analysts as I realized my chances would be a little bit better. Um, and I think that's, uh, at least as I kind of went through the, the process, that, that my mind kind of changed a little bit halfway through. But initially when I was thinking about it, out of all career options, it was around May. Got it. Okay. So sorry, May. We're early October now. So probably, what, like four, four to five months, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, five months. Um, and so when you first started, like, what was recruiting like for you? Like, how, how was it going? What, how were you going about it in terms of like your preparation and things like that? And what, what were some of the challenges you were having? Yeah. So, I mean, we have a, a finance club on campus and they had some materials looking at, but it was fairly, um, unorganized. And uh, I started the process a little bit late as well. So a lot of people weren't really that helpful. Um, I tried to figure out best practices and going about recruiting. So I was honestly pretty lost. I didn't take a lot of finance courses yet associated with valuations. I only had very minimal accounting experience and um, also didn't really know much about, uh, you know, merger models, LBOs, those type of things. So um, all I really had that I was really armed with was the M&I guides. And those are fairly difficult to understand if you don't at least have a rudimentary understanding evaluations i mean it's you can memorize them but if you really want to understand it you probably have to take the classes so i was fairly lost in terms of the technical side of things and in terms of recruiting i just i really didn't know how exactly to go about the recruiting process like how exactly to go about networking um and best practices associated with networking as well and just kind of how to keep track of the whole process so um i would say that i was almost fairly clueless and i was pretty scared because uh, full-time recruiting was already over at a lot of banks during that time. And I felt like I didn't really have the chance to even get an opportunity or to even get an offer at any bank at that point. I was a decent bank. Uh, so I came in pretty nervous, not going to lie. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so then, I guess that was early May, and then you found us pretty shortly thereafter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, how did you come across Ultra Mastermind, and like, what made you want to kind of reach out to us? Yeah, so I, I think it was on Facebook. I just saw like a random advertisement on there for this, and I saw the video you were talking on there just about. Uh, investment banking recruiting and you know I was pretty suspicious at first just because I've seen a lot of programs like this like you, yeah. you see stuff like this associated with like fitness people and you're like this is an absolute gimmick they're just trying to get some quick money out of me and it's just like you know, it's like the standard like oh here's some five tips to like burn belly fat in like five days like random stuff like that and I was like this is such bull crap and then I was just like I didn't think much of it and then eventually I, I saw like another post and then you're just like hey if you don't believe me just like schedule a free strategy session with me um, and like, it was supposed to be 30 minutes. And I remember like going in the intake form and I was like, wow, this is pretty detailed. Like maybe this is legit. And I filled out as much information as I could. And we scheduled a call and then we hopped on a call. I mean, I was still really skeptical. So I remember I was like drilling you with so many questions during that to the point where instead of 30 minutes, it turned into two hours. <laughs> and uh, I saw like, we get like a bunch of Slack notifications. It was hilarious. And I was like, oh wow, like this guy is really committed because he really wants to get this, uh, get the point across to me at least. And I really appreciate at least you kind of taking out that time initially just to make sure that not only could you secure the sale, but also just also make sure you uh, kind of uh, sway a lot of the fears that I had uh, about recruiting. And you did definitely put me at comfort where like you told me that your story about recruiting for banking back during the financial crisis, which was similar to right now in terms of COVID. And that kind of put me at ease where if you could do it, um, I could probably do it as well because you could teach me like best practices and I can accelerate that experience. Right. Uh, so that's kind of how it was for me at least when I, after that strategy session with you. And I feel like once I had that, it kind of gave me that level of assurance where, all right, I definitely know this person's legit. I know they can help me out. Sure. It's a little bit pricey, but I do know that you're willing to be very accommodating, especially because I come from a lower income family. So I think that also sold me where it's just, I saw a good alignment of interest on both ends. And I knew that, um, I'd have the opportunity to have someone that's kind of batting for me as I went through the process. And that was literally only here to make sure that I got an offer. So it was, it was great to know that you kind of have someone there that's not competing against you, but literally it's only trying to make sure that you get an offer because if you get an offer, you do well and I do well. Right. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, uh, that's a great point is I remember our conversation it was a long conversation. Um, <laughs> And you had, because you had a lot of, and as, as, as you should, right. But you had a lot of uh, healthy skepticism coming in. And then also right. I think you had a lot of just fear and doubt about just how feasible was it really for you to actually get in. Right. Um, right. What were some of the, I want to kind of like talk about some of these fears a little bit because I think it'll be mm -hmm. uh, really beneficial for people that are listening because a lot of people probably have similar feelings or similar feelings as what you had. And so like, what were, what, what would you say were some of the, the top, I don't know, maybe two or three things that you were worried about as you were making this decision about, should I actually do this? And then like, how were you ultimately able to, kind of like overcome those fears and, and just like jump in. I mean, I think you kind of talked about it a little bit, but like what were the, what were the biggest concerns that you had, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. I would say some of the, probably the biggest ones that I have was, you know, first of all, um, would I even have anyone that would actually take my phone call this late in the process? 
Um, just because I'm pretty sure they're busy with other candidates that have already like networked with them way earlier on. Second of all, if opportunities were even open, because I know a lot of banks were already wrapping up uh, full-time recruiting at the time. And I was like, oh God, I'm like so late right now. Um, and even for some randomness recruiting, uh, I knew that I was already late for a couple different banks as well. So I just thought, wow, like I don't think I have a shot at any good opportunity, like any opportunity that I thought I was good enough for. Like I know Hooliham has done pretty early. I know Moles has done pretty early full-time and some randomness. So I thought, this is it. Like I, I missed my shot. Cause I know how hard it is to get into banking after college and it's, you have to wait till you get an MBA and I don't want to wait five years to start working hundred hour weeks. So I mean, I want to yeah. get in as early as possible. Uh, so I think those two things were probably at the top of my mind. Like I won't even, I won't, I won't be able to network with people and get in. Uh, I just get the opportunity to maybe interview with them. And second of all, I won't even get certain types of areas to even take my uh, phone call to begin with because they won't be interviewing. Um, so coming in, like I, I, I was kind of suspicious. I was like, would this even be beneficial to me? Like, is it worth dropping, you know, a, a sizable amount of money for this type of opportunity? Um, especially given that, you know, the returns might not be, um, you know, as up to expectation because of the risk of starting so late. So yeah. the way I kind of overcame those, um, is, I mean, when I first got started with the program, you have these three modules, which, uh, I'm not. I guess I can go over high level overview associated with them, yeah, but totally uh, they basically touch on like application and yeah. networking. Yeah. Another one touches on purely behavioral and another one touches on purely technicals. So I remember when I went through the application networking one, you gave best practices from everything from resume to cover letter to LinkedIn to, you know, how to exactly reach out to people, what to say, literally examples for that. They can just copy and paste templates um, and also a bunch of automation tools as well. Um, some of them I knew, some of them I had no idea about that I started using later on. Uh, but I think that honestly prepared me extremely, extremely well uh, for actual recruiting just because um, I almost, I think over the course of like two and a half months, I sent out uh, 1,200 emails uh, just because I used a lot of these automation tools to collect a lot of this information and also just send them out and churn them out, uh, which was super helpful. And also given that the formatting was uh, as like, as up to par as I was hoping, like it was very professional and it was something that I probably couldn't really think of on my own in my club. Their, their formatting for the email is a little bit outdated and, and the information there was kind of a little bit outdated. So it was great to have some more up-to-date quality content. Yeah. Um, and when it came down to things like behaviorals, I had no idea if my answers are good or not. I mean, you can ask anyone else your age um, and you can be like, hey man, does this sound pretty good? And they're going to be like, yeah, but how the hell would they know? They've never been through the process. And right. someone that's already in the banking system, they don't have time to coach you. They don't have time to explain these things to you. So the best you can do is network with them. So uh, that kind of dissuaded my fears, at least about if I do get an interview, how exactly am I going to kill it? Because I know that technical is sure. You can be the M&I guys, you can memorize it. Uh, nowadays, I mean, memorizing doesn't even work, actually. When I went through the interviews, they asked a lot more deeper fundamentals, which was really good because the technicals go over fundamentals, at least. It was like, basically, imagine if you took basic accounting courses, basic valuation courses, and basic corporate finance, and mush it all into like a quick you know, 20 hour series. That's what the technical mastery was. And like, it gave me everything I had to know. And I actually over-prepared for a lot of interviews when I used M&I, but uh, it's, uh, it definitely gave me the baseline foundation. So I would say it was those three modules that kind of helped assure me that uh, I could, first of all, get on a phone call with someone, but second of all, I can make sure that I get an interview offer and kill that offer as well. So yeah. uh, I think overall it's structured extremely great, but I mean, sure, they have like Wall Street Oasis that offers this type of stuff. And sure, they have M&I. So I think the key differentiator is you have someone that you can contact literally 24-7. Like I can hit Sam up 4 a.m. in the morning or I can hit Sam up at like, you know, mid-afternoon. 
he'll get to me when he gets to me because we have tiny differences. But at the end of the day, it's great to know that I can just hit him up. I can have like a mock interview whenever I want. I can have like any sort of random conversation about anything whenever I want. Like I have a little bit of anxiety. So I'm going to panic about certain things and Sam kind of calms <laughs> me down. He's like, don't worry, man. Like you got this. Just like, blah, blah. like you know, just kind of gave me a reassurance. And you know, that I think is extremely helpful when you're yeah. going through this process, especially when you have some doubt when you're starting late in the process. I think that really made all the difference for me um, in the end. And I mean, you know, it definitely worked out because I got an offer from, you know, Center Partners, as you know, Sam explained, not many people get this type of opportunity. And I think the return on investment was pretty damn huge because I can plan out the next six years of my life pretty easily. And I don't think I'm gonna be worrying about money anytime soon, which was like a big issue for my family coming in. Uh, so I would say definitely uh, one of the best quality programs you could probably go through. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. I mean, so, so, so many things I want to touch on there, but, um, you know, I think for one, uh, you mentioned that obviously you come from a low income family you mentioned that this program obviously was uh, very pricey for you. Um, and look, and, and there are other people too, that we talk to that, um, feel that way quite often. Right. And so right. How, how did you, especially look, I think, especially coming from a low income family, what I've noticed is, um, the way people think when they, uh, come from like, uh, come from like a place where you, you, you don't have a lot of financial resources. Like it's easy, right. to, it's easy to come from like a place of scarcity when you're making decisions. Right. 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 So the fact that you still decided to jump into this program, I thought was what really set you apart from a lot of other people that probably if like, if they were in the same situation as you, they probably wouldn't have done the same thing. Right. Right. But at the same time, as you see, like on the other end, you got a, you got an, an extraordinary result that most people wouldn't be able to get either. Meaning like, I mean, we were talking about this, um, but I think, you know, Centerview's class is probably anywhere between 10 to 20 people every year. Right. Like, right. Centerview, and for our, a lot of our interviewers, uh, sorry, a lot of our listeners might not know this, but Centerview is one of the best elite boutiques out there. They do some of the biggest deals. Like if you go look up some of the biggest M&A transactions like Centerview, uh, oftentimes you will see them as an advisor on it. Um, probably them and Evercore are considered like the two, you know, top elite boutiques. Both of them are consistently in the, at the top of the league tables with like the Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan of the world. However, right. what really makes Centerview unique is that the entire firm is maybe like 300 people, right? Right. I, I think I right. read somewhere that they have, their headcount is 1% of Goldman Sachs headcount. But, <laughs> but, but in terms of like the, the amount of deals that they do in terms of like deal value, they're right up there in the league table, right. all the big guys. Right. And so yeah. if you really think about that, <clears throat> the amount of <clears throat> responsibilities that you get as an analyst at a firm like Centerview versus some of these other firms is just insane. Right. Because the, right. the, the, the deal flow wise, like the number of deals per analyst is obviously super high. Uh, the size of the deals that you're working on is much bigger. Um, and, right. and they also just have a very unique culture. Like if you guys go and kind of do your research on Centerview, like they have a very unique culture because they're so 
so small, right? Like the, the right. CEO actually like supposedly knows every single person at the firm, right? Yeah, um, he actually he, gave me a call a couple of days ago. He actually called you personally, right? Which is like, yeah. What other what other big bank is gonna do that? It's almost like <laughs> maybe if you get an offer from like a small regional boutique or something, but like this is not that, right? And so the check size isn't as big. <laughs> yeah, and so and yeah, and they pay top of the street, right? I mean, there's just right. it's an amazing firm to work at, bottom line. But the point I wanna make though is that, you know, well, first of all, I'm curious why you think you were able to make such a decision even though you don't come from a you know financially well-off you know family um and you guys don't have a lot of resources and you, you know you and i know you really really had to stretch to like yeah invest in yourself to get into this program so i really want to like understand what was the mindset mentality that allowed you to, to make a decision that most people wouldn't make um well, why don't we start there? Why don't you talk about that a little? Yeah, bit? I think that'll be really, really beneficial for a lot of people that are maybe in your situation. Yeah, yeah. So I guess what kind of like flicked the switch for me is I knew that I only have really one good shot at IB. Um, at least at, at this age, if I wanted to go straight out of college, it would it have to be right now. It has to be during an MBA, and if you want to get in a good firm, it has to be at a good MBA program as well. So again, you have to try really hard to get a good MBA program. I don't want to do all that extra legwork. Rather, just get in right now and try to make sure I break into a good firm, maybe lateral to like one of the top firms if possible. Um, so when I went through the process, I was just thinking. I think it was a way you kind of broke it down to me during our call, where it's just like, look, how much are you spending on college right now? And like, this program is probably like worth like a fraction of what you're paying for college, um, and it could still offer you the opportunity to get a job that's not only going to help you pay out for college tuition, but it can also help you pay off whatever fees you have associated with this program as well just from your first paycheck and just hearing it like that was just like you know that, that's fair enough I mean the ROI associated with this type of investment is is far superior to that of college already because I mean, if I graduate just a degree great I'm like 30 grand in debt I didn't have any sort of program like this I had only my peers who didn't know jack shit unless like you know based on the conversation with people that just entered banking or have been there for the second year but even then the quality of the conversations aren't as robust so um, I was just thinking if I can go tap into Sam's network, of, you know, because there was a couple of people I actually didn't know about that Sam also brought on board, like ex-bankers and like Goldman or, you know, ex-hedge fund people at Point72. And I've already been through the whole process. I can also speak to some of the things that Sam might not even know about. So I was like, wow, he has like a wealth of knowledge around him and I can tap into this, which is something you won't be able to really have at college. So I just thought in the end, it, it just made sense to make that kind of investment. And uh, I think the fact that you also offered a special type of uh, fee structure for me as well uh, definitely made the process so much easier because I knew that I knew that if you're a con artist, you would expect me to pay up front. And then if I wouldn't, that you would be like, all right, next guy. Cause like, I'm not wasting two hours in a conversation with someone um, and trying to like make this sale. Um, uh, and, and, and like, I guess I just, based on the conversation that we had, I just knew that it just wasn't bullshit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, after going through the program and having the opportunity to not only get the information directly from the modules, but also speak to you and some of the other people that you brought on board, hear about their experiences, get interviewed by them. I think that just gives you a more robust understanding of the banking recruiting process, what it really feels like to be a banker, actually, like what it, the 
like the bad parts about it as well that no one tells you about and really just help you prepare for your, like your, your worst downside scenario. So you can cover your bear case and the base case. So all you can do is just capture upside after having this prep program. Yeah. Uh, so it, it made the process a little bit easier in the end. I, I at least try to think of it um, at least in, in terms of a financial mindset. I mean, if you're going to banking, you have to have some level of mindset where you understand the level of risk and return associated with it. And in the end, after weighing the, uh, you know, the pros and cons of this type of program, it just made sense. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great point is you really, I think the biggest difference between people who have a lot of financial resources and people who don't, typically what I've seen is people who are wealthy, like they're wealthy for a reason, right? They all have a right. investment mindset. Like most people, exactly. they didn't get wealthy by, you know, working and making a salary worth. Like, penny pinching. <laughs> yeah, well, well, they invest. Right, like whether it's investing in stock, right. investing in real estate, investing in whatever, and they they're good at it, right? But they understand like right. every investment opportunity, they're evaluating. They understand that there's risk to every investment. There's there's Precisely. no risk, yeah, there's no riskless investment, or at least there's no riskless investment that's going to make you a lot of money. But they understand right. the risk, but they're evaluating the risk and they're evaluating the the potential return like you use the word return on investment a couple of times now they value their returns and then they say like hey which one which one is is higher right and like right really you want the return the potential return to be significantly higher than the risk that you're taking so it's an asymmetrical risk reward profile right um, exactly but i find risk that, adjusted returns yeah but but I, and actually the thing i really give you props for is that Typically, people who don't have a lot of money, they they don't think like that, right? Because again, and it's not their fault, but typically, right. like they're conditioned to think from a place of scarcity, and no one's ever right. taught them how to invest. Because why would they? They don't have money to invest, right? And so it's hard right. to think. It's hard to think from that standpoint. And then, honestly, part of the reason that's part of the reason why I think the wealth gap keeps increasing is because is two totally different types of thinking. And right. I always I always tell people like, look, we're all aspirational creatures. Like we all say, hey, we wanna be rich, we wanna be successful, we wanna be this and that. But if you wanna be right. something, you have to, like, if you wanna be like a, a successful and wealthy person, you have to think and operate and act like a successful and wealthy person would because your inputs right. determine your outputs, right? You can't say, I'm going to always operate from a place of scarcity. And then one day I'm just going to become rich and successful or whatever. That's just not how things work. Right. But right. it's hard. Like that's easier said than done because that requires you to take a step outside of your comfort zone. Right. And most people right. don't want to step out of their comfort zone, even though any type of growth that you want by definition is going to require you to step out of your comfort zone. Because if if it didn't, then you wouldn't be growing. Like you would just, you already have like whatever you want that you don't have yet is going to be outside of your comfort zone. Otherwise you already have it and it would just be the status quo. Right. Right. And so that's, that's truly though. Like I'm not even talking about Wall Street Mastermind or investment banking or whatever. I'm just talking about like life in general. I find that the thing that really separates the winners from the losers is the ability to, you know, be comfortable with being uncomfortable if that makes sense and right the, the, the ability to take those calculated risks i'm not saying you should take dumb risks 
you should <laughs> you should do your due diligence and get all the information you need which is what you did which is why you jumped on a call you talked to me for two hours you grilled the crap out of me and you know like, I, I thought it was kind of funny it's like well i knew i knew you weren't a, a con artist because like con artists just wouldn't do this and yeah you're absolutely right it's like i was like a lot of people are like oh this must be a scam i'm like do you know if if I really want to scam people, like there are much easier ways to do that than to sell right. uh, uh, an expensive service or what a lot of people would perceive to be expensive. I don't think it's, it's uh, I think the value is far more than what we, uh, what we charge, but what a quote unquote expensive service to college students who have no money. <laughs> That's just like that right. one of the dumbest scams that anyone could ever come <laughs> up with. Right. Like it just doesn't make sense. Um, and right. so, and so anyway, I think, look, like, that's, that's amazing that, um, I think that really sets you apart from a lot of the other students that I've met who had similar backgrounds as you. And I think honestly, aside from all the technicals and behaviorals and networking and sure, like we trained you on that and, and you crushed it. But one of the right. biggest things that separated you from other people is truly just like your mindset, you know, like it all starts. With right. Mindset. And so I think that's, I think that's gonna. I think that's really amazing. I think it's gonna serve you really, really well for for a very long time. Right. Um, but but yeah. So that's that's amazing. So obviously you got so you got the center view, you know, um, which is again an amazing outcome. What would you say? Like, if I were to ask you, you know, obviously you know a lot more now than yeah. <laughs> than what you knew back when you first started this process maybe five months ago right um but knowing what you know now if you could only give one piece of advice i mean we've been giving people a ton of advice right through our conversation but aside from what we've already said like if you could just give people one piece of advice um something that you wish you knew back when you first started um or something that mm -hmm. the version of you today would tell the version of you five months ago to make your life a lot easier what would you want to tell yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That's an, that's an excellent question. And, um, you know, it's kind of on the spur, but I mean, the, the way you kind of explained it, I think there's only one thing that really comes to mind and it's start as early as possible. Cause I mean, this kind of echoes and it kind of touches on the point that we we're talking about earlier where a lot of people from my background focus more on wealth preservation than wealth creation activities because there's an inherent risk associated with, uh, wealth creation. There's a certain level of tolerance you need to have. And if you don't have much, you're not willing to do it. So I remember when I started the program, I was still working to pay bills during that time. I didn't dedicate my full amount of time to this program. And I didn't really think about it from the long-term perspective where it's just like, all right, man, like you might as well rely on your parents a little bit right now, but in the future, um, if you get a job, but let's say I didn't even get sent over here. Let's just say I got like a, a typical investment bank, like maybe like a middle market or something. Like if I took the earlier offer that I got from like Piper Sandler or something and uh, that offer was going to pay me at least 125K total comp. Like if I just took the time at least to dedicate more time towards studying technicals and behaviorals and networking rather than working, the returns on that would be significantly more immense. I mean, I would lose, let's say a couple hundred dollars for like two months, maybe. So let's say a net, <laughs> net 1,000 down the hole that I have to rely on my parents. But in the end, if you look at the IRR, when you get 125K, like two years from then, I think it's a significantly good uh, IRR right there. <laughs> two years, you're yeah. recouping a crap from that investment back. So I would say anyone that's even considering starting this, I'm saying the moment you sign the dotted lines in Sam's contract, you just blaze through the modules because 
the moment you get through those faster, the more questions you can puzzle Sam with. And he's more than willing to help you out. And he has like other types of resources he can pass by you. Um, so just make sure you're being enthusiastic. Make sure you're adequately using your time because Sam is only going to be here for your best interest. So he's going to try his best to get you in there. But he's not your dad. He's not going to like hold your hand through it. Like you need to make sure you do the work beforehand and he's going to give you and guide you provide the same, like the resources that you need. So I would say that would probably be the, the peak thing to start as early as possible. You know, I'm not going to say that everyone's going to be getting into center V. I mean, center V is definitely a very hard firm to get into, but I think it's just a game about increasing your chances, increasing your odds at the end of the day. So the more you invest in yourself, the more you invest in recruiting, the more fruitful the returns will be. So, I mean, you might not be getting center view, but you might be getting Goldman. You might be getting JP Morgan, et cetera. These firms that hire more amount of people. So I think at the end of the day, you just need to think of it more so from a point of invest in yourself early on because the compounding returns associated with it far outweigh whatever you're doing right now. So when you sign this, dedicate your time to this make sure you put in those hours make sure you really just take advantage of all the opportunities available to you because i think it's just going to pay returns far beyond what you would have expected if you had done something else during that time yeah that's a man that's great advice i think if i were to really sum it up uh in two words in terms of what you just talked about you're essentially talking about understanding opportunity cost right exactly that which is like we all have, look, all of us, what we're trying to do in life is we have a limited, we have a finite amount of resources and we're all trying to make the best out of it, right? Like we're trying to yep. improve our lives as much as possible. And really the two types of resources that, that we all have is money and time, right? That's it. The most probably like is money and time. And a lot of times you can trade one for the other and you have to kind of evaluate like which one is more valuable, right? Like, so going back to your example, look, I understand like you are working on top of being a full-time senior, you're working to kind of like just help out because again, like you, otherwise, like you, I think, you know, your mom's a single mom, right? If I'm not mistaken or. Oh, and she's a, she just stay at home, but my dad, um, he doesn't really earn that much from his job. Uh, he works like in a very, very basic government job. So, like, you can imagine, like, we are not exactly balling out in cash over here and making yeah. investments like this on top of college is not an easy conversation to have. Yeah, so you didn't want to burden your parents with, you know, an additional investment like this. So you want to do it yourself. Precisely. And then you were still working a job. Um, like, what, what were you making on an hourly basis for your job? So, like, 15 bucks maybe? Like, like what Probably even you... less because I got I got paid a monthly salary, so I would say if we broke it down the amount of hours I was working, it'd be like seven or six. Wow, that's like that should be illegal, but like six, <laughs> six, six, six so six or seven dollars an hour. Like you think about that, um, like you say, your opportunity cost was a few hundred dollars, right, over a couple right. months, versus if you spent that time on recruiting. And, you, and that actually ended up being the difference between you getting a job or not, a few hundred dollars over a couple months would not have changed your life. It would not have improved your situation, right? Versus right. now, you, you actually have an amazing offer from an amazing company. Um, if everything goes well, like you should graduate with probably, you know, I don't know, I think Centerview pays their first year analysts, I want to say like 150K or something. Right, because they pay uh, two fifty. 
250. Okay. Oh yeah, because they always give like a fat signing bonus. But my point is, it's it's a 50k signing and it's like 100k bonus and 100k normal salary, which is insane, right? Like, and <laughs> I'm guessing you'll be making more than your dad, even just your first year out of college. Yeah, I'll be making about four times more than him. So, so I don't know, like how your parents feel about that, right? They're but, excited. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing, like to them and to you, just your family in general, like this is a total game changer, right? But, oh yeah. But but like, again, you didn't you didn't get here by accident, right? You made decisions that you know, probably a lot of people wouldn't make. And then as a result of that, now you've probably permanently changed the, the, the quality of life for not just you, but your family as well. Right. Like, right. and your, your entire career trajectory in general. And now not just you and your parents, but like even in the future, when you, you have kids, like the mm-hmm. next generation of your family, um, they're going to have a lot more resources than you ever had, right? Because you're right. able to provide for them things that your parents probably weren't able to provide for you. And so it's just like, mm-hmm. I think like being in college, a lot of students don't even think about all this. Like they're not thinking that far down the road about, oh, like what are all the ramifications of right. whether I get, get my career off on the best foot possible, it's like they think it's just like we talk about oh compensation and exit opportunities and <laughs> prestige and all these things that people care about. But it's like no, ultimately at the end of the day, when you really break it out, break it down, like why do all those things even matter? It's just it just comes down to being able to provide a better life for yourself and the people around you that you love, right? And that's why you that's right. why you're doing this. And so that that's that's the real ROI on this investment, right? Is is like just that's exactly it taking you taking you and 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 like your family and whatever like to to the next level because you guys deserve to have these things right like i'm sure your parents work your butt off just to like provide for you and send you to 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 a school like like usc and which is not cheap right and just and now all of that has paid off right exactly when they make that investment to send you to college this is what, probably what they were dreaming about is like someday our son can, you know, be a successful person and, and have a better life. Right. And, and now it's like, it's like a dream come true. Right. And so, yeah. I think I'm gonna like tear up even just like talking about this, but it's like, I'm so happy for you. Just, you know, what you were able to accomplish. But again, obviously you deserve um, everything you got because you were, you were willing to do things that other people weren't willing to do. Right. And that's, yeah. Again, a, a testament to just, um, to just the mindset, the, the the mindset that you have, despite coming from the background that you come from, and so, right, um, dude, just congrats again, man, on on such an amazing accomplishment, and I'm yeah. super honored to have been able to play a small part, you know, in this process, and just be able to help you out along the way, and obviously, you know, like like you said, you have to you you have to put in the work, so most of the credit goes to you, right? Um, but I'm glad that, you know, we're able to give you a little bit of guidance along the way. Um, look guys, for those of you that are listening, hopefully this was, um, opening for you. I think this was a little bit different from some of the interviews that we typically do. And we focus a lot more on kind of the mindset 
side of things and less on like the very tactical things. But honestly speaking, I would say like without the right mindset, none of the tactical stuff matters, you know, like right. this, this, this stuff I think is even more powerful. And regardless of whether you get into investment banking or not, if you just take away some of the lessons uh, that, you know, kind of Will shared with us today, um, it's going to serve you really, really well in life. So right. um, look, and if you guys are in a similar situation right now as where Will's at, you know, maybe, you know, you don't come from uh, the most wealthy background. You don't have all the resources at your disposal. You don't have like that built-in network of people you can reach out to who are, you know, already a part of the, you know, Wall Street finance world. Um, but that's what you really, really want to break into to improve your situation for yourself and also for your family, then like, I encourage you to just reach out to us, you know, like well said, like yeah. we're, we're legit. We're not here to uh, take advantage of you or anything. Like, in fact, we won't even work with you um, if we don't think we can get you the outcome. Like, cause that would just be a messed up thing to do. Right. That, that, that's called like preying on people. Like we actually turn away. That's an actual con artist. Yeah. And, and believe it or not, we actually, turn away a lot of people who reach out to work with us because at the end of the day, like getting into banking is very, very hard. We're like not going to lie about it. Right. It's like, even when we talk to Will, like part of the reason why I'm willing to spend two hours on the phone with someone before I even work with them is like, I mean, we ask a bunch of questions and we want to make sure that this person has what it takes to get the job, not just on paper. Yes. On paper also, but just in terms of like, their mental makeup and how resilient are they? Do we think they're going to be a hard worker? Like all those things matter. Right. And so like, I encourage you just like, like Will said, it's a free strategy session. It doesn't hurt you to hop on this call. Tell us about your situation. Um, obviously we're evaluating to see if you're a good fit to work with us as well. But at a minimum, look, even if we don't think that it's the right time for you to work with us, like we'll be very honest with you and tell you that, but we'll at least, give you just some advice on what we think you should do uh, or what we think we would do if we were in your shoes, right? And you can take the free advice that we give you and go out and implement on your own. But hey, best case scenario, it's a great fit. Like after you learn more about us and we learn more about you and we mutually decide that we want to work together, then hey, then we can do that. And, you know, like Will said, I'm not going to promise everybody that I'm going to get you in the center of you because <laughs> a lot of that, you know, it just depends on, you know, who you are and what your situation is. And also like, there's a lot of variables, but we could talk about that. You know, we'll tell you like right. what we think is reasonable for you, what we think is realistic, what, what kind of outcome we think we can get you. And you can decide, you know, if you think that's going to be a worthwhile investment for you. Okay. So again, if you want to do that, if you want to have this conversation with us on the house, it's, uh, you can go to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Um, the street's abbreviated to ST, so really it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And, uh, you know, we look forward to speaking with you and uh, hopefully helping you on this journey. All right, so um, that'll be it for today, guys. And, Will, I want to thank you again for just taking the time to hop on and, um, and share your experience with everyone. I, honestly speaking, I think this is probably one of the favorite interviews I've ever done. Um, and I don't, I don't usually say that if you, if you go listen to my other interviews, I don't say this on every interview, I promise. So, um, so this was an amazing interview and I really appreciate you for, for just 
for just like coming on here and really like getting kind of personal, you know, and, and talking about. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are really going to benefit from this. So thank you. Yeah. I think, I think one thing I also just want to let people know is just like, I'm not sure if there's any of the listeners that are in a similar situation, but uh, my entire family is just full of blue collar workers. Um, my parents never went to high school. Uh, they were, you know, they came over here from India a long time ago and, um, you know, they took the first jobs they could find, scraped together the money they had, penny pinched along the way and try to figure it out. So if that's kind of what you're coming from in terms of a background and you feel like this might be a little bit expensive, like I think you should talk to that with Sam because Sam was understanding. And if, if, if at least there's a good alignment in terms of your mindset and your background, Sam is willing to take that risk with you and make sure he can coach you along the way. But I think mindset's the number one thing because as Sam kind of mentioned, this thing is for both you and for him. Like he wants to be here to help you because that's in his best interest, but you need to make sure that you have that mindset. I mean, you guys can't see our shirts right now, but Sam's wearing a Lakers shirt right now. And I'd like to reference the Mamba mentality. I think that's the most important thing. If you don't know what that is, look up Mamba mentality. Uh, one of the greatest basketball legends uh, in history just passed away recently. He's the one that coined the term. But I think if you try to adopt that type of mindset, when you have Apply to a program like this, just focus on getting better every single day, focusing on further investment in yourself to get compounding returns down the road. Uh, I think you'll understand why I chose to make this type of investment. And I'm not going to promise everyone, like, you know, that Sam said, you're going to get a center view. I mean, I think if, I, if I'm being honest, the reason I got in is probably because of a mixture of like my background internship experiences and uh, probably my story as well. Like, that's the feedback that I got from my interviewers. But I think Sam has enough resources because I shared my resources about center view prep with him that. He can at least get you into a top 10 banking firm if you have the mindset. I'm putting an emphasis on mindset over here because not everyone has the right mindset for this. You may think you do, but you really don't really know until you actually try this program out and Sam lets you know, like, hey, look, you got to work a little bit harder over here and here and here. But um, at the end of the day, as long as you put in that work, and I know Sam is damn well going to make sure he pushes you along because he made sure that I got my shit done. He would ask me, like, yo, are you sure about that? Um, but it, at the end of the day, it definitely paid dividends. And uh, I hope this works out for you guys as well. Um, I mean, I know what it feels like to come from a pretty disadvantaged background and you see all your peers kind of get ahead because their parents make more money than your parents and so on and so forth. So um, it's definitely been a hard process. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I think if you're willing to make that investment, it'll pay returns. Amazing, man. And there's no better way to end the interview then with a tribute to Kobe, right? I mean, so, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not going to say anything, anything after this. And so let's just, let's just wrap this up. So again, thank you so much, Will. I look forward to obviously um, following along and tracking your progress and seeing all the success that you have ahead of you. Um, and I know we're going to also obviously continue to work together too. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, for, for all of you that are listening to this interview, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in.